Troy Patrick Farrell from This, That, and the Other Radio Show. You are about to hear a Saturday replay of this past Wednesday's live show of This, That, and the Other Radio Show. Heard live Wednesdays, DirtyRadio.fm on the Dirty Radio Classics channel. And, of course, our Saturday Encore Edition between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right before the Bob Show Rock Show. Classic Rock. Radio Classics. Yeah. 
Coming up next, it's This, That, and the Other. Hey, everybody out there in Radio Land, this is Joe Exotic. What's more fun than having a big old tiger bark? Listen to This, That, and the Other on DirtyRadio.fm on the Dirty Classics Network. Someone's going home if we don't get this right. Dirty Dirty Radio Radio Classics. Hello? Mitch Lafon. Yes. Are you prepared to come on the air right now on this and the other radio show? Or are you going to hang up on me? Ha. Huh. I'm going to hang up on you. Oh, come on, Mitch. Oh, Mitch, Mitch Lafon hung up on me. There's a man I want to tell you about named Troy Patrick Farrell. He's been called Dr. Evening, Mocha Moses. Sometimes he calls himself the Mango Kid. He came from Carmel City, born a lion, a P-bone with a smile. Some say he had a soul on ice, but in the long run, he was alive and on fire. He sweats blood in sticky situations, but even the Mango Kid can be full of regrets. Start the party. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Welcome to this, that, and the other with your host, a true rock god, Troy Patrick Farrell. Now get ready, cause here comes the host. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Troy Patrick Farrell. Can I hang up on you? Yeah, you are tuned in, turned up to uh, this, that, and the other radio show. Tori Patrick Farrell here, live and alive, 2 to 5 Pacific Standard Time. Over here on the left coast, broadcasting live every Wednesday from the 50,000 megabyte radio station in the sky. Possibly on your app, maybe on your computer or your smartphone. You guys are tuned in to DirtyRadio.fm and you went over and clicked on that cassette. Or you swipe left for Dirty Radio Classics. And hey, I'm Andy, and here I am, Troy Patrick Farrell, with another edition. Jam-packed today. Probably going to keep my rants down to a minimum, because we got two great guests. That's a lot of pressure, guys, if you're listening. James Kotak, former drummer of the Scorpions, in the band for 20 years, and uh, was let go about four years ago. We're going to talk about all that stuff. He's had a, uh, he's a very outspoken dude, and he's the perfect guy to come on this show. So we're going to talk some drums, we'll talk some scorpions, we're going to talk Kingdom Come. They are back. However, uh, just like everybody else, they've been sidelined for 2020, but there's been some recent developments about some new music, and uh, we'll talk about that as well. He's also got another project. Uh, of course, we'll be spinning lots of great stuff from Scorps. Kingdom Come, all these bands. His son's a drummer, Miles Kotak, in a band called The Bad Sons. We're going to spin one of those tunes. Who else does that? I do tons of research, kind of, sort of. 
in the four o'clock hour. If you're on the left coast, stew. I just just have to prepare you. I don't want to say the whole name and freak you out. So stew Mundell. He put the stew in stud. Puts the person and personality. He's the pursuit Pavarotti, the aerial photojournalist for Fox 11 News. He's coming back on the show. Uh, you know, he posted earlier for some songs, so we're going to play some of his uh, friends and fans and followers, some of their song suggestions. He's got a rock and roll fan base. And uh, also, uh, we all share the affinity for pursuits. And uh, there is nobody else that can call a pursuit better than Stu Mundell. So we're going to talk about uh, the transition from CBS over to Fox 11, Good Day L.A., He's doing a different shift, but uh, still seems to be up in that goddamn helicopter <laughs> anytime I tune in, which is great. So uh, it's always good to hear a, a friendly voice and see a friendly face. Uh, the almighty Stu Mundell coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. James Kotak's going to be coming on in about 20, 20 to 30 minutes. So we're I mean, we're going to be hitting this hard, quick. And, uh, well, you know, just I'm going to keep the babbling down to a minimum. You know, we're, we're going to let our guests kind of fill the space today and, and tell us what's going on. Uh, James Kotak, Scorpions, Kingdom Come, and uh, Stu Mundell. I am Troy Patrick Farrell, your host, every Wednesday from 2 to 5, live at DirtyRadio.fm on channel Dirty Radio Classics. I would tell you how to tune in and how to get here, but if you're listening to this, you already figured it out. So we've got some of the smartest listeners uh, in the whole world, I might add. And, uh, well, I guess that's it, man. We're going to get out of this and get this going. Play some Scorpions, uh, going out with a bang. This uh, was the last album they put out. And, uh, well, James Kotak, my next guest, played drums on this track. So, uh, you know, we're just tying it all in together. Uh, appreciate you guys checking this out. If you guys are new listeners, what we do is, uh, well, the show's called This, That, and the Other. And uh, I typically like to peel the onion with guests. We talk about some stuff. James Kotak got arrested in Dubai. We're going to talk about that. Did he spend some jail time there? Uh, he's very active on Twitter, very outspoken, and uh, seems to really engage friends and foes over there. So we'll talk about some of the things he, he puts up on his Twitter and uh, kind of get behind some of the thoughts. You know, sometimes you can't express yourself in 144 characters. Uh, so we'll see if we can get uh, some of the meanings behind some of his controversial tweets. I mean, this is just what we do here. All right, this is any other radio show, Dirty Radio ZFM, Dirty Radio Classics. And, uh, well, hey, I'm Troy Patrick Farrell. Here's some Scorps.
There's Bowser to be with us. Oh, uh, yeah, what love can be Kingdom Come with uh, our next guest, James Kotak, coming up on the drums there. Here's a little bit more of the Kotak catalog. Uh, he played on uh, the Ultraphobic Warrant album, and, uh, well, here's a tune called Followed, one of the three singles. It didn't really chart uh, like all the other uh, Warrant albums, the, the early ones, but uh, it's a great album nonetheless. Check it out, and we'll have uh, James Kotak coming up in about 15. This is at the other radio show, Troy, Patrick Farrell, DirtyRadio.fm, Dirty Radio Classics.
Yeah, from Ultraphobic, uh, followed by Warrant. Uh, rest in peace, Janie Lane. Coming up uh, next is a song called "A The Way by uh, New Revenge. And this band's got Kerry uh, Kelly, who's in 18,000 bands. Also with, uh, what other band is he in? Uh, Night Ranger. Good dude. Uh, so this has got uh, James Kotak in here, Kerry Kelly, Tim Ripper Owens, formerly of uh, Judas Priest, and Rudy Sarzo, who's in... 19 million bands so check this one out we're spinning this one hot off golden robot records uh came out earlier this year but probably not on the radar just because nothing really is it's a weird uh, year for music but uh let's check this one out the way a new revenge james kotak on the drums coming up in about 10 minutes live here at this that and the other radio show troy patrick Farrell, dirty radio fm dirty radio i said this already
streaming 24-7. Playing the 60s, 70s, 80s of rock and roll on Channel 2 of the Dirty Radio app. Dirty Radio Classics. Yeah, and you're tuned in to this, that, and the other radio show. Troy Patrick Farrell. That was uh, Willie Bass with James Kotak on the drums. Are you getting the connections here? We're playing all stuff with James Kotak on the drums. My next guest coming up right after this tune, Willie Bass, another guy. We just talked about Warrant. We said rest in peace, Jamie Lane. Another guy. Rest in peace. I don't know why I'm playing all these guys that I used to play with that uh, aren't around anymore. It is crazy. The older we get, the scarier it becomes. Here's some MSG, Macaulay Shanker Group, Michael Shanker on guitar, of course. And, uh, well, obviously, there's a little bit of a Scorpions time because Michael and Rudolph, although I don't think they get along, they're brothers and they're Scorpions and there's James Kotak. It all ties together. It's all incestual. Check this one out. And then we'll have uh, James Kotak live here on the air. Uh, this at the other radio show, Dirty Radio.fm, Dirty Radio Classics. If you don't know what station you're in, tuned into right now, then then I don't know. I can't help you. Yeah. 
Uh, we all know what that is. That's the I'm making a phone call music. James Kotak, my next guest. Let's just kind of run down the uh, creds here. The resume. What do we got here? Buster Brown. That was a pair of shoes. It's a band. Montrose, Kingdom Come, Warrant, Scorpions, Kotak. His own band. I think he played guitar and sang in that one. And his former wife, Athena Lee, Tommy Lee's sister, played drums. There you go. And then they had a child. They had two, I think. But one of them plays drums in The Bad Sons, which we're going to spin after the interview. So we're going to talk to James right now. We're going to ring him up. This is the ringing up music. See if he's answering the phone here. Hey, baby. Is that any other radio show? This is the dial, dial the guest music. All right, James, you ready for this, bro? Here we go. We're getting nuts. What do you want, man? I want you, bro. How you doing? James Kotak, uh, Scorps, Kingdom Come, a bunch of bands, uh, A New Revenge, right? I think we've spun some of that today. Where yeah. have you been and what are you doing? Man, dude, it's been months of uh, hanging around, taking care of stuff, you know, keeping up on this. You know, that's why I, I wanted to do some interviews just to break things up. And, of course, I, I try to do my, uh, I love to walk, so I try to do like my 2.4 miles every day, which I do about five days a week. And because at my apartment, the pool's been closed, jacuzzi's closed, <laughs> the gym is closed, and it's like, wow. I don't really like going to the gym, but I force myself, you know. And um, other than that, man, it's just been a whole lot of, you know, living in my natural habitat. <laughs> right on, yeah. And you were, uh, you're in, uh, so you still in SoCal these days? Oh, yeah, man. I, I, we lived off and on, or I've lived off and on in Woodland Hills for like 30 years. You know, my kids live around here, all their friends here. I mean, I'm an empty nester. My son joined the Army like a year and a half ago. That was a shock. He just goes, because he was in college for a couple of years, and one day I go, hey, what are you doing today? He goes, going to see my recruiter. Wow. I'm going, what? It was all his, they all had their own choices, and uh, I'm super proud. Of course, Miles with bad sons, and, uh, you know, so it is what it is. Right on. So, what you know, what have you been doing? And we're going to kind of skip around and go all over the place. We'll try not to go over the same territories that, uh, you know, many have. You know, we, we know your history with Kingdom Come, 20 years in the Scorpions, and uh, you, you left that band about four years ago. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and that dynamic and and, uh, and then the reformation of Kingdom Come. And there's a couple things going on. And then, of course, the, the new band with Carrie Kelly, Ripper Owens, Rudy Sarzo. Um, well, let's, let's hit that one. That's kind of the most recent thing that I've seen. And we actually spun uh, the single off of that one here from Golden Robot Records, The Way. Tell me a little bit about this band. Is this another one of those sort of super groups you know there's a lot of these is it just a project or is it something you guys are really looking to do when you have downtime from your other gigs uh, well you know what um in 2010 scorpions and alice cooper we were doing a uh, uh another russian tour we've been a russian more times than i can count both bands and kingdom come was actually the opener how funny we and carrie we've always known each other but you know when you're on tour and especially in russia you have a lot of off time so we just kept hanging out, and um, you know how you go, hey man, well let's form a band. Okay, well everybody says that and never does it, but sure. Carrie, the opposite. So <laughs> you know he sent me a bunch of uh, demos. I went down there, and somehow he started talking to uh, Jim Ripper. 
you know, I knew the promoter in Russia, and they brought us over there, but it wasn't a new revenge. And uh, oh, yeah, what did we call it? I, you know, I'm looking here that it used to be called Project Rock and Rockstar. Right, Project Rock. Well, it was a Rockstar thing. The, uh, the promoter kept going, yeah, you should call it Rockstar. I'm like, oh, no way, dude. I mean, it, it, unless it's tongue-in-cheek. So we went with Project Rock. But then, like, the record label, when we start talking to go to the robot, they go, no, that sounds like a project. <laughs> oh, well, it worked for Joe Perry. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, we ended up doing three tours of, of Russia under the name Project Rock. Next thing you know, we, when we had some time, we made an album. And uh, we had Rudy Sarzo on bass, which is phenomenal. He did the tours with us, too. And then um, Kay, and then the, the best... Tim Ripper Owens. I mean, gosh, the guy can sing, and he's so phenomenal. He writes great. He wrote most all lyrics on that the New Revenge album. And so the Golden Robots promised a lot, and unfortunately, they didn't deliver on much of anything. And uh, you know, we met with them a couple of times here in LA, and it's like, oh, oh we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We got distribution, and they also they sound like Dizzy Reed and I think Skid Row and on and on, they were just tying everybody, but nothing's happening, you know, and we were disappointed because they said, oh, we have, you know, booking agents and else. So unfortunately, it just really didn't go anywhere, and uh, you can only put some, me and Terry funded it, and uh, you can only put so much money in where you go, gotta stop, man. So we, we never really did any tour dates after that. And, and it, it was a, it was kind of a bummer because I think the album is, is really really great. Yeah, we spun the uh, the first single, and I think that came out in the spring of this year. And uh, it was a great tune. Ripper sounds great. It's straightforward rock. It's got that uh, James Kotak pocket that we know and love in, in all your bands. So, you know, let's let's go. Uh, we're going to go back and come forward. We're going to go back to Kingdom Come, which is, uh, you know, kind of where a lot of our listeners and a lot of the rock and rollers know you from. And that's a band that uh, right. you had left and are now back with. Uh, it's all the original guys and Keith St. John on vocals, as I understand. And, you know, right. I, I know you guys did some touring uh, last year, and I'm looking in the news to see that you guys are uh, putting out some new music, but there's, there's in, you guys are in negotiations with the original singer who has, uh, by all accounts, given his blessing for you guys to go out and do that, that he has no more interest in really the Kingdom Come thing. But are you guys prohibited from putting out any new music in the next year or so, or what's the deal on that? What's the latest with uh, Kingdom Come? Well, we, we did a two-year licensing deal um, with Lenny without getting into too much of the details. And because he pulled the plug at the last minute, we had the show's booked, but he said, he was, man, I'm just sick of rock and roll. I'm going to retire and stay on my boat in Hamburg. And that really did. So I was like, uh-oh. Fortunately, out of the 20-something promoters that we had shows booked through, only two of them pulled out. And we were like going, wow. But Keith St. John has a really good name. And I'll tell you what, the guy can sing. Is bet off, but it's just it, it's. I started trying to get this reunion together back in 2010, 2011, because of course that's when Scorpions announced farewell to her. So I go, okay, well I've got my band, I've got uh, a new revenge, and I talk. I would meet with Lenny in Hamburg, and we, we all go. Oh, Lenny even came over, and we were all ready to go. And Klaus, uh, you know, from Scorpions, calls and goes, Hey, James. I go, yeah, man, what's up? Uh, you know, we were saying farewell. He goes, but 
we changed our mind. We're not saying so well. We're going to do another album. And they kind of asked me to not play with anybody else. And I go, okay, I can respect that. I mean, gosh. So I had to pull the plug on all three of these projects. And it was a real bum out. Because, I mean, we, we had Lenny fly over. And we rehearsed. And we had a few gigs booked. And he just, that's where Lenny kind of just, he goes, this is the last job. He goes, I'm fed up. And then fast forward a few years, you know, the, my, uh, my, uh, it, it ended with Scorpions. And fortunately, I left on really good terms and we're all still good friends. So, go back about two and a half years ago, three years ago, that's when I really put the, put the you know, the, uh, whatever you say. We really got on it to get King and Come back on the map and we got some gigs booked. And once you book gigs, you've got to get your ass together. So Keith came in and just knocked it out of the ballpark. You know, and but it's the original four, me, Johnny, Danny, and Rick uh, of the band, which is great. But, you know, changing a singer is always really difficult, but it worked. Yeah, you know, I, I've seen uh, video clips, live clips. Uh, unfortunately, I missed you guys when you were through town here in Las Vegas. But, uh, no, you know, Keith, he, he puts his own sort of stank on things, but, you know, he really right. pays tribute to, you know, the melodies and the vocal stylings of, you know, he's been in Montrose, he's subbed in in Lynch Mob, and he's played with, he's just kind of one of those utility guys that can kind of sort of uh, chameleon into any gig, but, you know, really exactly. pay respect, but still he's got his own style, he's got a great bluesy voice, so it definitely lends to the old stuff, but I could see it going, you know, forward as, you know, not necessarily a newer sound, but, you know, a little bit of a newer flavor with him moving forward if you guys do track some new stuff, which is that sort of on the on the burner now to maybe track some stuff so when you can get out of this licensing deal and it expires, you guys can release something new and hopefully play some gigs next year? Of course. You know, we, we, I mean, we have quite a few songs just sitting there, and Rick is the master of riffs, and Danny wrote a couple of really great songs, and I've got a few songs, and, you know, so it's not like we're not, Consciously want to move forward. It's just legally sometimes you can't. It, it's really messy in rock and roll. It's always like this. But you know we're we're just being patient, and uh, especially with this year. This year just blew that. We we were so we had so many gigs booked, and like we were doing Sweden rock, and we had about eight festivals throughout Germany and Czech, and just like wow, man. So everything just got moved to 2021. You know, it's it really frustrating when you can't play. You know, we've been, I guess we played at Count's Place a few times, and we've got a great reception, and we've played here and played there, and, uh, you know, we went everywhere. We actually did the van tour. <laughs> nah, <laughs> the old days. Yeah, man, but you know what? That's the way, you know, the, the guys are like, hey, man, let's do whatever it takes to get out there and just go for it. So we got over the hump. And that's what we had to do, and here we are now. Was it, uh, you know, you talk about being in the van. Was it a little humbling because, uh, you know, being in the Scorpions for, you know, two decades, traveling, you know, first class, uh, you know, in the bus, if you guys are, you know, doing a tour of the States, you know, the the A-list hotels and all that stuff, I, you know, because sometimes some people can't come down from that and get into the van. They just, they, they can't do it. Uh, you know, maybe it's physically or mentally or emotionally, spiritually, you know, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's also kind of fun just to get in the van, pull your trailer and, and kind of do it like you used to, you know, growing up and making your way up the ladder. Was it humbling for you or, or was it a good time? Uh, well, I knew what to expect because I spent, gosh, 10 years from like 82, 
in, in from Louisville, Kentucky, playing like that band Buster Brown, the shoe band. I always hated that name. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what I said when I was going through your list. I'm like, oh, that's a pair of shoes. I know, and we always tried to change the name, and the promoters always said, no, 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 because we were, we were pretty huge, and, you know, we put out two albums, and both of them sold, like, 10,000, and that, that was on our own, but we just couldn't get that deal. We played everywhere from Michigan to Florida, Texas, everywhere in between, and we just couldn't get that deal, man, and we played for all the labels, and, but it is what it is, so I had a chance to, to come out to L.A. and play, and it was a paying gig, which... I wasn't really used to. Right. And, uh, so I got out here, and it was Rick Steyer's band. It was like, you know, playing covers and stuff. And, you know, it's five nights or six nights a week, uh, five shots a night, that kind of a thing. But it's great to come to a paying gig. So I did that for about six months, and then uh, that's when I hooked up with Lenny. I didn't hook up with him, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so that was sort of the, the uh, you know, foundation for the Kingdom Come Band. Yeah, and uh, it was actually, actually, uh, you know, I had audition, and I was really proud that he auditioned, like, about 55 drummers. And I remember pulling up to the rehearsal place, and there was, like, 10 drummers out there with all their drums and everything. And I was like, oh, God. But somehow he and I uh, made a connection, and so we did that. And then Danny and Johnny came in, and then I convinced him to bring Rick in. Voila, Kingdom Come. And uh, from there, we, you know, started putting all the songs. And Lenny wrote the, the bulk of the stuff. We contributed it to a few songs. But then, you know, we got the, the producer, Bob Rock, came down and did pre-production with us. It's like, that was pretty cool. But at that point, he wasn't the Bob Rock you know now. You know, he used to engineer for Bruce Baron up in uh, Little Mountain. We went to Little Mountain Studio. And so from there... You know, it was a lot of downtime, and I wasn't used to that because I was always playing, but it is what it is, and but we've made it through that, and uh, wow, that was 87. Yeah, and fast forward to here we are, 2020, and uh, you're still sort of in that swimming pool, you know, in that pond with those guys from Kingdom Come. It's it, it's kind of miraculous if you think about it. I mean, really, the uh, duration of a band, uh, even the most successful bands, can't span over multiple decades like you guys have, you know, so it's cool that yeah. you guys have found a way to reconnect and do that. You know, uh, with bands like Greta Van Fleet getting the uh, the Van Halen, I'm sorry, Van Halen, oh my God, Led Zeppelin, um, <laughs> you know, comparisons, you know, that was something that uh, Kingdom Come was sort of known of back in the day, like, oh, they're just sort of a Led Zeppelin ripoff. What what are your thoughts on that when people would say that? And, and you know, I, I never really got the vibe that you were trying to sound like Led Zeppelin, but obviously there were some influences and in just in in the sound and perhaps Lenny's vocals. But uh, how do you, how do you guys respond to that when you would hear that back in the day? I was like going, "Bring it on!" You kidding? I'd rather be compared to the biggest, greatest band in the history of the world than uh, the I don't know name of a band that sucks. You know, I mean that's like really, really the ultimate compliment and. I embraced it big time, and they go, who's your favorite drummer? John Bonham. You know, and like, you know, who's your favorite band? Led Zeppelin. Man, it's like a, a, an honor, you know, and the Greta Van Fleet guys have gone through it, and they're, they're like going, hey, man, we are, we're like Led Zeppelin, but we're different. They mentioned Kingdom Come several times, and so they go, yeah, we're kind of going through what Kingdom Come went through, and we're like going, Keep mentioning our name because they're huge and they're great. Yeah, yeah, what a yeah. Great band. Yeah, I, I, you know, I saw them live, and after the second song, I, I didn't, I, I stopped 
thinking about the Led Zeppelin comparison and watched this band of young dudes up there rocking, putting on a great stage show, great live show, and the band was great. So, you know, I, I think the comparisons, once you get into song two, they kind of go out the window and they're just up there doing their own thing. Um, let's get into Scorpions a little bit. Uh, how, how did you come to find yourself as the drummer for Scorpions? Well, as you know, or don't know, uh, we came from, uh, we did the Monsters of Rock tour uh, in 1988, and that was Keenan Film opening, next Metallica, go figure, then Dokken, then Scorpions, then Van Halen. Well, Keenan Film and Scorpions were label mates, so we stayed in the same hotel because we do press with them, lots of dinners with them. And you know, when you're out there, months of the rock, you only played two, three days a week at that. You know, it was a lot of hanging out. You know, tour's over, we, and then uh, we're back home, and then Next thing I know, I had a band called Wild Horses, and we got signed through Keith Olsen at Goodnight L.A. He's a, the producer. He produced the second Kingdom Come album, and he produced the Crazy World album, uh, the one with, with the change on it for Scorpions. Well, it, the studio was just about a mile from my house, and I would just drop in like once, twice a week and just say hello because I was friends with the, all the people that worked there. Of course, I'd say hi to the guys. They're just hang, hanging out as well. So... That came and went, did the Wild Horses album. Then maybe not even a year later, I, I did that, uh, the third MSG album with Ronnie McCauley, of course, Michael Schenker, of course, and Jeff Trilson on bass, who's one of my faves. Oh, yeah. That was one cool thing, so they saw that. But while we were doing the second King and Come album, or no, no, when, no, we were in there with Wild Horses, and Keith calls me one day and goes, hey, man, come over to the studio right away. So I go over there. He goes, just play on these tracks. I go, well, who is it? He goes, that doesn't matter. He goes, just play on it. And there was no vocals. And I played that. I did the first song, second song. And then I go, man, this, I know this band. And it was, it was like four Scorpions songs for their new album. So I guess it was kind of like an audio audition. Yeah, wow. I never really auditioned. They just kind of, I got a call one day from the manager going, hey, would you be interested in coming over and playing? The guys would like to have you over and have you know, have a play. I go, well, of course. So a couple weeks later, I'm in Germany and we uh, played and uh, we kind of got down to business. I stayed for a few weeks and this one thing led to another. Then it was like, hey, we're doing a tour in, in starting in May. You, you know, you, you want to do it, right? I'm like, oh, of course. And w- the cool thing is from all my club days and playing, you know, Rocky Like a Hurricane, and no one like you, you know that we play in cover bands. Sure. I, I, just, yeah, I, just, played, I just played Scorpions two nights ago in, in Pahrump, Nevada. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, man, you know, Scorpions. But yeah, I mean, it's got to be kind of, you know, you, you know, even though you've been doing this business for so long, you're up there playing Rocky Like a Hurricane. There's got to be something about that that's, you know, you kick yourself a little bit. Oh, uh, dude, I'll never forget our first gig was in like El Paso, and man, you know, okay, we've rehearsed, we're there, we're hanging around, but that, you know, that feeling when the lights go down and the crowd goes, <sighs> that's when I got a coach show and I, started, I got a little nervous, but as soon as we started, man, it was, it was over and we just plowed through that set. I'll never forget it. It, it was like, it was like celebration time. You know, the, the guys were thrilled and I was thrilled and it just went on and on and on. You know, of course, the first year or two was still like a trial era. Sure. Where, you know, hey, man, you're you're playing drums for us. You know, I go, well, what's next? They go, well, we're going to do an album. Okay, that's great. So I flew to Austria, 
and started on that I I album. You know, wow, it just kept going and going, which I'm so thankful and grateful for. And I have to say, you know, those guys, they're the nicest guys. They always stuck by me when I, I had, you know, because it's up and down, up and down. Sometimes things are great, sometimes they're not. They, they were always the best and still are. Let's you know. Let's talk a little bit about those downtimes and and your exit uh, about uh, four years ago out of the band. How, you know, how did that transpire? I know, you know, like in 2014 there was an arrest, and, I, and if you can talk about it, I, I wanted to you know find out what happened because you were arrested in Dubai and they threw you know a, a handful of charges at you. Did you ever actually? Because I, I believe you went there and actually had to appear in court. Did you ever serve any jail time in Dubai? Yeah, their their laws are so upside down compared to ours. Very so different. I, ended up, I know I ended up having to stay 33 days. It's so crazy, though, because when I got in there, there was one American guy in there, and the jail was at that airport. I never went anywhere. I, I stayed at the airport the entire time. Oh, wow. Wait, and, was it was it just um, because it happened at the airport, and, and so, the, or, or is that their normal jail, or do they have a separate jail for other things? And and, and was it nice, or was it uh, trippy? No, it was clean. No, it was clean, because uh, they had... A cleaning crew, the you know the inmates had to clean every day, and um, I mean I was never like in a cell. I, you know, my bed was in a cell, but the cell door was never closed. And you know, you could w- walk around there freely, which I did, man. I'd do laps around that place, yeah. and the, the place held like about 160 people, but there was only like 50 there, so it wasn't all jammed up and crappy. It sounds worse than it is, but the thing was is. <laughs> I'd been sober for months, but on this time, we were flying, uh, it was an overnight flight, it was just me and the bass player, and we had like three days off, and I go, hey, and the girl comes around and just sits a glass of wine on my, my table, I go, hey, and I'm watching the movie, so I go, yeah, why not, I'll just have a few, which I did, Yeah. but you know, I got off the plane, I wasn't plowed, a pal of bass player is always telling jokes, so we were laughing our butts off, we got, somebody was supposed to meet us there, and they didn't. And we ended up in this terminal where, you know, you take the bus. We come to find out it was the wrong terminal. Anyway, and we're laughing our butts off, but, you know, we're the loud Americans and everybody there is really super conservative. Sure, sure. It just was, it was just a, a big misunderstanding. And then even when I got uh, taken over to the jail, the American guy who was in there did the translation. He goes, oh, yeah, you'll be out, out of here tomorrow. I go, he goes, yeah, it's just because you were drinking. Because in Dubai, you have to have a license to drink. Huh. I do not. How do you, how do you, how do you apply, even, even tourists, that when they're traveling through an airport, how do you apply for that when you're traveling? Man, it's funny. The airport is set up, there's parts of it which are Dubai, and parts of it which are neutral or generic or whatever the word is. And it was just wrong place, wrong time. Sure. Uh, you know, these guys just came out of nowhere, and uh, that was it, man. They say, hey, walk out here with us. I go, all right, cool. Then they go, okay. Now, can you walk with us over here? Okay. Not thinking, because I didn't know all this at the time. And then they had their little cop police house right in the middle of the airport. So they go, well, can you come in here? We want to talk further. So once I was in there, I was totally effed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they had you. 
was there any substantiation to uh, you know some of the accusations? I mean, they said that you were intoxicated and and uh, be, you know being disrespectful. Was there any of that? It said that you had made some objectionable comments about Muslims and something like that. Did any, was any of that stuff substantiated, or what? You know, what were you actually charged for when you had to get the thirty three days in uh, in the timeout cell? Well, the drinking, I, I admitted to, said yes, guilty. Insulting Islam, I said absolutely not. Then, but the the one thing was. I went up because I told Cabell or basically I go, something's not right here, man. I think we might be in the wrong place, which we were. So I went up to the girl and go, uh, here's my ticket. Where? Oh, she goes, oh, you're way in the wrong terminal. You're this is terminal one. You need to be in three. And she goes, yeah. And if you, I don't think you'll make your flight tonight. And you know, just I didn't yell it, but I go, ah, what the fuck? And then from that, she called the police. Just from that. Gotcha. But I didn't direct it towards her, but they don't think like we do. Like, you know, we just started in passing, you know? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, well, you guys were, uh, you probably had some concern because you were traveling to, uh, I believe, Russia for a gig, right? So uh, now you're being held up. You're in the wrong spot. You got to get, and she's saying you're not going to make your flight. So I can see where you might have some concerns about what's going on because you have a gig to make. Is that is that what I understood? Right. Well, we were actually traveling from Russia, and we were going to Bahrain. Which is uh, we were playing at the Formula One race or something like that. So that was a real screw up on my part because they, you know, I thought for sure, oh, I'll be out of here. So I'm talking to the tour manager. I'm like, going, yeah, man, they should all be out of here. Blah blah blah, blah blah blah, blah blah blah. And it was a disaster because they ended up having to fly a drummer in, and it was very shocking. But fortunately, there weren't any other gigs booked, so. Gotcha. So you just had missed the one. Did you did you sort of get a, a little bit of a scolding from the band because that happened, or was it just you know what was the what was the vibe from those guys? You know, you know, missing a, a gig like that. Uh, well, it was terrible. Yeah, you know, Klaus was very unhappy. Rudolph is more understanding. Matthias is like going, ah, geez, you know, and it's like a, it's kind of like I'm in a what are you going to do situation because the law in Dubai changed. You know, it used to be party central. They had a hard rock, they had a this, blah, 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 in 2006, 2008. Well, the the, gov- the government who people in charge changed. It's a family. It's just a family-run city or sure. whatever. The new guys who came in were super ultra-conservative. They closed down every single single standing bar like the hard rock and Planet Hollywood, and you name it, the, the typical old American stuff. They, all, you, they only had bars that were connected to hotels now and if you walk out of the hotel and you've had a drink you're breaking the law because you have to have a license to drink gotcha wow i know it it, 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 it's it's not not good (laughs) yeah well you know the the tricky thing is if you're traveling and you're not you know not that uh they allow ignorance of the law as an excuse but you know if you're traveling to all these different places that have you know you got to almost look up the customs before you get there so you don't want to because you know, if you spit, uh, you know, in, in you know South uh, or you know South Korea or something like that, they you know or steal something, they chop your hands off. Or you know what I mean? There's, there's crazy <laughs> stuff out there that you know. It's just we're, we're not in Kansas anymore, kids. So, no. um, you know, so so moving on uh, from 2014 with the incident in Dubai, uh, you know, you you find yourself uh, not knowing at this point in time that you know you have two years left with the band Scorpions and. 
you know, how did you find yourself, uh, you know, not being in that gig anymore? I mean, were you let go? Was it a, was it a mutual thing going, Hey, I got to get some shit together here. Uh, I got to get myself together. And this is a, a bad situation for me. Or did the band sort of put you in that position saying, Hey, you've got to, you've got to get your, your shit together. How did that come about in 2016? Well, I did, um, uh, we were in the middle of a tour in Germany uh, in like January, February, March, and Klaus was losing his voice right and left, unfortunately. And one night, I swear to God, I've never seen anything like this. We were in the middle of a song. He stops us in the middle of the song. And he goes and sits on the front of the stage. He goes, Gosh, I can't go on. He goes, Everybody will get a refund. He goes, My voice is terrible, and you don't deserve to paid for to see me half ass. And I was like, oh, wow. So that was that. And then I was kind of, I was mostly sober, but then messing up dabbling here and there. Cause again, there's so much time and, you know, face it, you, I have the, the gene, you know, I'm a alcoholic, but so, um, Matias goes, he goes, Hey man, you know, we've got like, gosh, two months off. He goes, why don't you just go hit a rehab? I go, Okay. <laughs> which I've done done a couple before, but not like extensive. It was like 10 days or whatever. And so um, our American agent, who's been sober for like 30 years, goes to Antigua every single year. So he, he goes, man, go, come down to Antigua to Crossroads, which is Eric Clapton's place. And I go, okay. And I went down there, man. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. There's only like... The place held like 32, and there's only like 12 people there, seven counselors. And so I, I was booked to stay there for 30 days, go home, let's start back up the, 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 the Scorpions. And then um, I spoke to one of the guys in the band. They go, yeah, well, you know what? Uh, we're not playing to like, just to back up, this is early April. He goes, we're not playing till late May. He goes, if you want to stay, you can. So I stayed two more weeks. And I stayed two more weeks. <laughs> and by this time, it was like, uh, they were in a jam because they didn't know how it was going to come out. But I had the, the counselors write letters to them and all this stuff. And I was on the up and up, man. It was, it was, it was a really good experience, man. That place is awesome. So they go, man, we, we have to get a backup drummer. So that's when they go... Look, we're going to have Mickey play in the next few shows until you get out of there. And then um, we'll take it from there. I go, okay. So I ended up staying like 90 days, 92 days. Wow. Which was, it was great. It was like a reboot. I was like suspect. I go, wait a second. You're going to have Mickey? You know, I'm not dumb. I've done this rock and roll thing a long time. Sure. But I asked them straight out. They go, no, man, just Mickey's going and da 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 So I got home like, you know, after the 92 days, came back here chilled out and that's for the next gosh 10 12 months sober and uh, you know that was good and but like it wasn't for till like i think november of that of 2016 i'd gotten home in july i didn't you know i didn't think anything was wrong and then the guys called and said you know what our hands are tied we don't know what to do we're nervous and it, <laughs> you know in, in one of the guys' words just like oh, look man what's your own for this they go, you know, and I understand, you know, so it was just a culmination of things. And, uh, you know, they were self-managing too. The, the manager died a, a few years earlier and the tour manager died. And it was kind of messy and nobody really knew who was driving. 
the car, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know what? It was a, a big-time learning experience. So after that, it sunk in. It, it, it wasn't like, oh, my God. It was, it was a really odd feeling. It was almost kind of like a, a release in a way. But it was also like going, ah, oh, damn it. And that, that sounds really weird to say, but, man, there was a lot of water at the bridge after 21 years. And I'm not complaining. I was so, I'm so thankful that I had all that time with them. I mean, that's like, you know, 21 years. That's like 150 years in rock and roll. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're uh, we're talking to uh, James Kotak, uh, drummer, Scorpions, Kingdom Come, MSG. Had some time with Warrant and, uh, of course, the Buster Brown Band uh, in the early days uh, on Dirty Radio.fm channel, Dirty Radio Classics. I'm your host, Troy Patrick Farrell. Uh, we're, we're kind of finding and phasing our way out of uh, the Scorpions experience in 2016, 2017. How have you been since then? You know, so you found yourself sort of uh, having uh, to battle the alcohol demons. Uh, you, you went and found yourself uh, in Antigua at the crossroads so you can you know, sort of separate yourself from that and get yourself in the right mindset. And then you exit from Scorpions. We talked about how you have, you know, sort of reignited Kingdom Come and, and that there is more to come next year in 2021 uh, by way of some new music potentially, as well as some more live shows once everything gets back right. to normal. But uh, how, how are you doing as a person and with the battle with, uh, with alcohol and the things that uh, have sort of gotten in the way occasionally in your life? Well, you know, it's, it's a funny thing. I've done it. I did, uh, once I left Antigua, you you don't just stop. I had outpatient therapy like three days a week, which I really enjoyed. I actually enjoy like the group therapy and the one-on-one and all this stuff. And I mean, you know, because it gets pretty deep. And you know, you learn a lot. You know, I mean, of course, I'd much rather be in the Scorpions, but I mean, like right now, there's nothing going on. And, sure. Man, I, even when I was leaving the band this time, or, you know, when that happened, they were totally already talking then about going, yeah, this would be our last tour this year. So I was like, oh, but I'm totally regretful about, you know, drinking, period. But, you know, I, like I said, I have the gene and that's no excuse, but if anybody knows anything about alcoholism, it's, you got it, you, it's, you know, you got to maintain it. So sure, sure. I'm cruising along here, okay, over the last few years. I do not lie because, you know, they, they teach you never to lie. And I'm not preaching LA, so don't even think about it. You know, so a, a little white wine goes a long way. And I haven't had spirits, or I don't like, like beer for gosh years. You know, there's been, it's not like I've just been drinking nonstop. And, you know, when my ex-wife was pregnant, I mean, and we'd go, we went to Europe with the kids. And I mean, all these areas, I'd spend like a year here and then, 2008 to 2011, nothing, because I didn't want to. I mean, like right now, look, we got all the time in the world, all the time on our hands, but that's no excuse. Sure, sure. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's, e- it's easy to fall into the trap because, you know, uh, you know it, it, the times that you get with your friends, which, you know, is kind of far and few between these days, especially in L.A., I, I guess, you know, one of the good things is is that you can't really just go out to a bar or be social because there's nothing open, so that'll that'll take that sort of uh, urge off. But uh, let me ask you this. You, um, do you think if you had remained in the Scorpions and, and just sort of kind of towed the line enough to still be in the band, do you think that you'd be worse off, um, you know, with respect to alcohol or better off, or do you think that the band contributed, or maybe maybe not the band? That's not the right term, but the environment of being in a in a rock band where you know 
you've got a rider here and you've got a, a mini fridge there and your first class with, you know, stuff coming down the aisle. I mean, do you think that you would be in a different spot in your head health-wise and spiritually if you were still in the band? Or what are your thoughts on that if you could sort of play what if with me? Oh, absolutely. You said, you know, you're right. Man, there's catering, there's booze everywhere. It's really difficult. Everybody's dangling on really a carrot in front of you. You know, you go out, you're going out to the cars, and, you know, here's 40 people, you know, you sign your crap and somebody gives you a model. You know, it's like, that happens all the time. And I'm, I'm a pretty disciplined guy when it comes to music and rock and roll, but in my other departments, I can be not so disciplined. But I, I think if I were, because part of my deal with them was to not be drinking. When I re-entered the band after the goodbye debacle, which I call it, I think I'd be much better for it. But it is really difficult. After every show, you know, we go back to the hotel, we go into, like, whatever room, and here comes, uh, you know, they're all ordering drinks, and I'm, like, going, gosh, you know. <laughs> uh, but, it's you know, it's hard to sit around the table because, you know, dinner over there is, like, like three, three hours long. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> it's an event. <laughs> yeah, even at night, man, we get back and, you know, you know how it feels after a show because you play uh, when it's like you're just starving sometimes because you can't really eat too close to the time you play. Of course. And, and then you, everything, the other thing is I spent days and hours and weeks on a plane commuting from L.A. to Germany or wherever. Everything's at the right price, man. Free. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> One of my jokes is, you know, hey, you look up at the sky, you see a plane. Well, I see a bar on with wings, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and that was kind of like my my private whatever time. And but you know, it it you know it came to an end. You know, however, I didn't really wait around hardly at all after the, you know, kind of got the word from the guys. It sank, sank in, and then, um, you know, immediately I was back on the Kingdom Come Trail. Which, uh, which you know, sort of brought us full circle to where we started. So, um, you know, one of your one of your most favorite pastimes, apparently, for better or for worse, depending on who you are, is uh, getting on the Twitter and on the social media. You, you, you take some hits there, but you also throw some punches out there. You've had some controversial tweets uh, over the years, and there's been a couple highlighted. Uh, you know, some are, some are kind of interesting. So, uh, you, you know, you're definitely involved in politics. Uh, let me ask you this, without being all political and crazy, but, I mean, what are your thoughts now? You're, uh, you know, a Trump fan and uh, like 50% of America or 49.5 I guess they say whatever they say. <laughs> I mean what do you what are your thoughts now that uh, it looks like it's heading into a, a Biden direction and uh, you know I mean, you can take the gloves off and, and, and talk about this it's terrible terrible uh, you know what and he's filling his cabinet with, with people not for their talent or their expertise but the fact that they're Hispanic or it's a black or it's a this and that's, that's great diversity, but, you know, get the person who's best qualified. It's like, would you, would you hire Joe Burrow, who's a total expert, or, you know, Julio, who has only half the experience? I mean, geez, simple question. But you know what? Anymore, over the last few years, thanks to fake media and all these people, you can't even voice your opinion on Twitter. 
So, you know, with Kingdom Come, we kind of made a rule of no politics on Twitter. And, uh, you know, I broke the rule a couple times. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some, some interesting tweets where, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you, you keep uh, blabbermouth in business. I, I got to tell you that <laughs> with, with some of the tweets. You yeah, know. they keep posting. The one thing they did, I, I, I've only talked to them a couple times and asked them, I go, I go, you know, anytime you mention me or Scorpions, whatever, can you just not say relief due to, to alcoholism? Can you just say the gig ended? And so they did that for me. Because it's like, I'm, you know, I'm not proud to, to be an alcoholic. But at the same time, do you have to keep shoving it, you know, or keeping it out there? It's like, just say, you know, he, he departed from the Scorpions, you know, and that's really what it was. Yeah, I mean, you know, at some point, it's it's you know, you're trying to uh, be able to move on from that, and when it keeps dragging you back by that, you know, by that headline and by that, you know, that copy and pasted, uh, you know, a paragraph that they put in every article just to kind of as a reference point, I, you know, it kind of kind of drink dr- dr- uh, brings you back in, drags you back into that. Exactly. Again. So I, I could see where that could be a little a little trying. Uh, hey, let me ask you a question. So, uh, you know, my wife's a first responder and, and you made a pretty interesting, uh, you know, so I wanted to kind of take it a task on this that, uh, you know, that uh, on your Twitter, you said uh, all law enforcement should be men. Next time your house is on fire, do you want six foot four Willie Strong as an ox or five four petite Shelly? You know, so you right. know, I-, I wanted to see if you can kind of weigh in on that because my, my chick's a little bit of a badass as a cop here in uh, Las Vegas and I wanted to see, I had, I, I saw this, I'm like, oh, I got to ask James about this. That's that's totally cool, and uh, thank thank her for her service and stuff. But I've, I've seen countless. You're watching one of those cop shows, for example, uh, the one they took down, and um, you see there's some guy who's on PCP or meth or who knows what. And he's he's like Superman, and he just mows down these these women. I hate to say it, you know, but I said that. Somebody brought it up to my attention, and I was actually responding to somebody about that. And it was just a thing, because my uh, girlfriend's sister-in-law, she's a cop, and her brother was a cop. That's totally, totally cool. But really, I mean, I'm just being, you know, see, you can't even be honest or give your opinion without people, like, taking you to task, like you said, you know? That's nuts. You should be able to say, but you can't do that anymore. Yeah, well, you know, I, I wanted to, because on this show, this, that, and the other that uh, you're on, my guest, James Kotak, Scorpions, Kingdom Come drummer, uh, you have more than 144 characters here. So I wanted to give you an opportunity just to kind of explain maybe where that came from, because it didn't say that you referenced uh, answering somebody about it, but I think it was in reference to the wildfires that, uh, you know, seem to happen, uh, you know, every few months in California. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I get the sentiment about it, but, uh, you know, I just wanted to, to have you weigh in a little bit more on that since uh, there was no limit on how many characters you could use on the show, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> you know, let me ask you this before I let you go. What is in the next, uh, and, and let's say in a perfect world, things sort of turn the other direction and start opening up and we're able to do live gigs in the next, uh, well, let's, you know, probably 12 months is what we're going to need. What does uh, James Kotak see himself doing in the next 12 months or hopefully doing in the next 12 months? Well, like I said, um, we have we had shows booked this year from March April March all the way up to uh, December. So what they did, the promoters and our uh, agents, they just basically took everything from 2020 and they just moved it all to 2021. So like when we do Sweden Rock in June, it, we're on the same day, the same time. So that's kind of smart on their part. 
we have, you know, we start again in March, you know, we've got a couple of canyon clubs here in LA. Sure. And then it just goes on and on. And, uh, I mean, I wish we could play even more, but you know, I hate to say it, but money, money's really tight with a lot of clubs now, especially more than ever. Oh yeah. I mean, I don't know how these places are going to stay open. Yeah. Well, um, the, the ones that are hanging on are, you know, I don't know that they've got much time left. You know, there's been a lot of movements, uh, save our stages and Neva, I believe, and, uh, you know, they're putting on live streams to try and raise some money for, you know, these venues that aren't getting any funding or any government help. Uh, but your, your uh, governor in California had no problem getting a million dollars from, from uh, the federal uh, government uh, for, for his businesses, uh, Governor Newsom. So we've, we've got the same problem here in Nevada with uh, we're, we're not big fans of our governors here in, in Nevada, as I believe you guys are in California. Yeah, I just don't understand. Um, I mean, nothing personal to anybody out there. With the disaster in California, for for example, this just in LA, the homeless is grown astronomically. Mayor Garcetti, Democrat, does nothing. I mean, they're doing nothing. And they say, oh yeah, we're building houses. Well, you know what? Be more creative. Transform all this, like countless empty elementary schools. Just transform them into like, Four beds in each each room, whatever. Everything's there. They just don't. They, they want to build housing that is like seven hundred and fifty grand a unit. That yeah. makes zero sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, if nothing else, I mean, I feel bad for most of these people because a lot of them they're just mentally ill. Most are drug addicts, and most of them they don't want to go anywhere. They want to stay on the street. Yeah, it's you kind know? of what they know. Yeah, yeah. For better or for worse, it's it's what they know. You know, the last time I was in L.A. was. Uh, earlier springtime and you know kind of drove through the old hood in, in the valley and I I, w- I gotta tell you man I was shocked at all the the tent cities you know uh, in and around North Hollywood uh, Tahunga all those areas I, I was just like what is happening here I I moved out of there six years ago and uh, man that place is is so far gone it's not even in the rearview mirror anymore I, I'm really scared for my friends that live out there and uh, most of them fortunately live in in nice pockets but you know the the homeless camps are, are setting up in Beverly Hills and I mean it's and and you know what you can't do anything about it they they you know unless they're uh, you know caught stealing from somebody they you can't move them you know they literally well, once they set up there the cops can't do anything because uh, I live in a pretty nice area Woodland Hills just about a block or two away there's a cul-de-sac and here we got, you know, and I, I, I used to walk over there and walk by the river. Uh-uh, I can't do that anymore. It was a dump. The police were there one day and I went up to him and I said, man, can't we get these guys out of here? And he, he goes, well, you can call 31. And he goes, but our hands are tied. We can't do anything. He goes, that would be inhumane. Okay. So it's better to have them on. The- hey, we lose you. I think we lost, uh, I think his battery ran out. He, he needs to put another quarter in here. James Kotak, I think. Oh, you're good, you're good. You're, you're back with us here uh, on this Any Other Radio Show as we uh, wrap up with James Kotak. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're just kind of talking about uh, life in and around L.A. and kind of what's going on. We tapped into some politics a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're seeing the same thing here in Nevada where, you know, those homeless encampments are, are protected. You can't do anything about it, you know. And it's. Uh, I've seen the photos. It's not like... You know, they're, you know, listen, they, they don't have any resources, so they're doing what they can, which could be, you know, using trash and boxes. And it's just, you know, it's un- it's unsafe for them. It's scary for people walking by. Uh, there's needles, glass, weapons, uh, people 
taking, I mean, exactly. people taking dumps on, you know, and granted, you know, I'm not in that situation. So I don't know how I would say, you know, I certainly don't judge or criticize them up, but, but I don't think I'd ever poop on the street, but that's just me. But, uh, it's, it's tough times, man. <laughs> I, I just hope, uh, things, you know, kind of get better for everybody, including us uh, musicians. So we can go out and play some music and people can uh, take their minds off of yeah. the chaos and, and see some entertainment. James Kotak, how do we, uh, find you in case we want to check out some of your controversial tweets or what's happening with kingdom come, uh, you know, come, uh, 2021. Social media stuff. Yeah. You know, the best way to reach okay, you cool. for, for updates on what you're doing. I'm James Kotak on Facebook, uh, Twitter. I'm mostly on Twitter, uh, not at any time lately. I, I've just kind of said screw it for a while. That's uh, at Jake Kotak. And then I have my website, which is going to be is in reconstruction because I got lazy and didn't attend to it. And, uh, <laughs> You've got all this time, bro. you got to get it done. <laughs> I know, man. I'm doing other things, but i got a guy who's starting on it, and that's the good news. And uh, it's just a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And a little and bit I, of the other, right? <laughs> I, that's, you could say that. Boom. Well, I, I just want to say in passing, I apologize to your wife if I offended her. Oh no no um, no 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 no! I just wanted to add no no no. There was no no offense taken. I just saw that and I was like, oh, what? this is this is something that resonates with me. So I wanted to ask you about it. Of course, I I just wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, to maybe maybe further explain it. That's all. We're we're good, man. Yeah, and also you know, Twitter sometimes I think I'm responding to somebody, but it's just a tweet, and yeah, I, you know, I just don't really pay attention sometimes. But I I try to. But I'm also just chilling, man. I'm right now with the, the whole the whole thing because. I mean, I, I tweeted your show, obviously, today, and I will do so again. Yeah, yeah right um, on, because uh, this, this will replay in case you missed any of the uh, James Kotak interview, which is on right now, my guess right now, as we uh, depart to get Stu Mundell from Fox LA uh, on the show in the next half hour. The show replays in its entirety uh, this Saturday, 5 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, Dirty Radio Dead FM, Dirty Radio Classics. And uh, I'll put uh, in all the show notes the socials to, to find out what uh, James Kotak is up to, but to, at Twitter, at J Kotak. It's just yeah. the initial J, right? Yeah, and, and also, you know... Uh, there's some Kingdom Come links. I think it's Kingdom Come Band on Twitter. You know, I can't think of them right now, of course. But there's, there's about four Kingdom Come things you can check out, too. So other than that, thank you, Troy. Yeah, man. I really thanks. Appreciate I appreciate you coming on and for you know being open and honest and, and taking some of the, the hard questions and, and driving down that road of some memories uh, that you know may not always be easy to relive but we appreciate you sharing your experiences for the betterment of uh, everybody else maybe to help avoid some of the faux pas that you found yourself in but uh, I appreciate you being candid open and honest and uh, for kicking ass on the drums for the past uh, god 35 yeah. 40 years man we're, yeah. we're gonna spin Thank some more you. spin some more from the James Kotak catalog as we uh, transition into our next guest uh, Stu Mundell from Fox LA James Kotak man have a great one bro and uh, stay in touch and I'll keep my eye out for great, future man. keep and come next, and next time we're in Vegas we're, we're hanging. It's a date, bro. Thanks. Have a great one, man. You too, man. Cheers. Thanks, Peace. Bye. Oh, yeah. James Kotak and... Uh well, you know, we, we hit all the marks there, I think. And, uh, you know, we I got a few minutes to play some songs. We got some requests. And uh, you're tuned into this, that, and the other radio show, Troy Patrick Farrell. My guest, Stu Mandel, the aerial photojournalist, the Pursuit Pavarotti, the Stu and Stud, and the... <laughs> Sorry, Stu. I just I had to. Anyway, uh, we're going to spin some more rock and roll here, and uh, we'll be back with our next guest in about 30 minutes at the top of our final hour. This at the other radio show, Troy Patrick Farrell. The biggest rock bands of all time. Dirty Radio Classics. 
Hey, all this Joe Exotic, 
What's more fun than having the world's greatest tiger park? Listening to this, that, and the other on the DirtyRadio.fm on the Dirty Classics Network. Them cameras rolling? I'll do it again. Dirty Radio Classics. Uh, yeah, tune in, turned up here. Uh, Stu Mandel coming up at the top of the next hour here. Four o'clock here on the West Coast, left coast here in Las Vegas. Uh, we got a little by request, Ryan Just, some Black Star Riders, Sex, Guns, and Gasoline. My three favorite things. Oh. God, it would have sounded so great if I pulled it off right. We're also going to play some more requests from uh, the Stu crew that uh, replied to his response with some great requests and some stuff that I found and downloaded, and uh, we're going to be spinning that for you guys. And Stu's coming up right after the top of the next hour on This, That, and the Other Radio Show. Troy Patrick Farrell, DirtyRadio.fm, tuned into Channel Dirty Radio Classics.
Music Rock is back. The boys are back in town. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Classic Rock on Dirty Radio Classics. Oh yeah, and you're tuned in to the This That Any Other Radio Show. Troy Patrick Farrell here, Dirty Radio.fm, Dirty Radio Classics. We are spinning in anticipation of the almighty Stu Mundell, uh, our hero up in the sky, the uh, aerial photojournalist from Fox 11, uh, just as of this year. So we're going to talk about that transition from the CBS KCAL machine over to the new Fox LA, and of course, Good Day LA, and just kind of see uh, what's happening in his world. Uh, so the tunes that we're playing right now are by request when Stu put up a post on his Facebook page about what are some tunes that we can play. So uh, we're just kind of spinning some recommendations from the Stu crew over there, and I'll squeeze in as many as I can, so I'll keep my yap and my trap shut a little bit, try and get some songs for you, and then uh, we'll have Stu just after the top of the final hour here, 4 o'clock here on the left coast, uh, Pacific Standard Time, broadcasting on the Dirty Radio Network out of Las Vegas, Nevada. What's happening, people all around? Appreciate you guys tuning in and turning up to this, that, and the other radio show. Uh, somebody requested some Duran Duran, but uh, I'm going to do a little spin on that. This is an ordinary world, but this is by George Lynch and Jeff Pilson. So for those 80s rockers, which uh, seemingly uh, are also fans of Stu and the Pursuits and his coverage, uh, you guys might know them from a band called Dokken. Anyway, they just are ready to put out a covers album of all these different tunes. They're doing Joan Osborne and, and some all sorts of weird odd classics and uh well guest singers and guest drummers and everything else so check this one out here's a little duran duran but done pilsen lynch style I'm 
This, that, and the other.
the helicopter up in the sky waiting for Stu uh, to connect here uh, remotely with this and any other radio show Troy Patrick Farrell you guys are tuned in and turned up to Dirty Radio Classics on the Dirty Radio.fm network in the sky right now we're going up in the sky he's dropping a rope I'm going to go up there we're going to interview each other well I'm going to interview him he's not going to interview me and uh, you know but before we get into Stu Mundell and who is Stu Mundell here's a little piece that uh, his old comrades at the other station put together for him uh and and we're gonna have on right after this that and the other well you can see sky two keeping an eye on things this is uh, just above downtown los angeles and um, a huge part of our breaking news coverage is our eye in the sky Stu mundell a lot of us are used to hearing him during a pursuit or fire so what's life like chasing those stories here's a behind the scenes look that will have you saying whoa Barricades. He's inside that store by himself. Brush fire. The fire crews say they'll be here until the morning hours. High speed pursuits. Woo! When it comes to breaking news coverage across Southern California, CBS 2 News and KCAL 9 are the go-to destinations. We begin CBS 2 News at 5 with breaking news, multiple shootings. A huge part of that draw is Sky 2 with Stu Mundell and his on-air reporting. Crash at a gas station. His following goes beyond TV. Stu Mundell, welcome to the Petros and Money Show. From radio to social media, Stu's even been named one of the top 50 must-follows on Twitter. His Facebook following during breaking news has become somewhat of a cult, and many ask, what does Stu do? Shift starts 2 o'clock, 
So I usually arrive around 2.15, joking. Stu and his crew are based out of an airport in the San Fernando Valley. Normal ends when you walk through the door here at the airport. We recently spent two days behind the scenes to show you what it's like covering the news from above. Been sitting here listening to scanners. There they are all afternoon. Really been slow. Often it's hurry up and wait. But when the call comes in and a story begins to break... What you're hearing back there is how a pursuit starts. As soon as I hear something, it's communication. You know, I call the desk, the desk calls me. Hey, what's up? Looks like uh, LAPD is in progress, uh, in the process of pulling over a silver Maserati. Sweet, run away, bye. do breaking news, that's what it really is all about. You've got to get there, you've got to get that stuff on tape, because once it's happened, it's it. You know, there's no, there's no take two. And when he's flying, he's not alone up there. I do not fly the helicopter. I'm the camera. I'm all about getting those shots. Keeping Stu safe is the pilot, Marcos. Both work hard to make the best of this every situation, and uh, Marcos is keeping me and keeping us safe, and I'm trying to make sure that we get the best pictures. They do always get the shot, but Stu has become known for his passion during breaking news. Oh, oh my God, she's trying to take the LAPD cruiser. Every time I do a pursuit, I will get into it. When I have those expressions like the whoa, whoa, praying that it does not whoa, 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 whoa. A lot of times I think to myself, okay, next time I gotta, I gotta ease up on it. It's not canned. It's something that just happened. And that is why viewers have come to not only trust Stu's reporting, but they also feel a connection. People say dream jobs. I, I never dreamt about it. Uh, I enjoy every aspect of it. Though. I'm very blessed to be here, and I just I love the team. Live in Sky 2, I'm Stu Medell. <laughs> and live in Sky 2, Stu Medell. What are you laughing at, Stu? <laughs> this is your life, buddy. Literally, literally, right when you came to us, the light just went out. And, oh and it God. wasn't me. I was, my hands were here. But you know what? The piece was awesome. And uh, we, we, I, I loved it. My pilot was, we, we can't see it, but we loved listening to it. Uh, it was, uh, it was the great, it was so great. And, you know, you guys, it's a team. It's a team. It's always been a team. And we work so well together. And I, you got Mark in there. And, and of course, the anchors, you guys, you, you, you rock. You make it all happen. And. I just thought it was amazing. Thank you so much. That was such a cool piece, and uh, I wish the light would come back on. <laughs> we thank you. And it, Stu's got to be like Vin Scully up there doing the play-by-play -play well, when stuff's no going on, right? You know what? Hey, Stu, tell us how you started. I know, but, but tell people how you started. I, I started actually as a stringer. I was an yeah. independent news guy, and uh, I came to Los Angeles. I, was, I lived out here forever. Came back to Los Angeles in 94. And I started as a stringer, and, you know, it was a shoe that really fit. Going to work was never work, and, uh, and it just kind of progressed. It, you know, one thing led to another, led to another. And getting up here in the air, this is like the ultimate for stringing. I mean, we listen to the scanners, and we go get the news, and we get there, and it's all competition. Get there first. And uh, it, it is great. It is just, it, it, like I said, it was never really planned. But, uh, I, you know, I, I am so blessed to be with you guys and working here at CBS and KCAL. Okay, Stu, that's the at Stringer LA sign. No. you got a great wife, too, Nicole. Shout out to you. <laughs> and he's still mysterious because you always hear his voice. You don't get to see him. And you we still, still don't get to see, see him. him. <laughs> hey, Stu, one more thing. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Boom. This just happened. <laughs> All right.
<laughs> Thanks a lot, Stu. We love having him. Oh, he's the best. He's a great yeah. guy. So if you go to Stu Mandel YouTube and you type in Stu Mandel, somebody put together Stu a pronunciation Mandel. of his name. That is what you're hearing right now. How weird is that? That's how cool this guy Stu is. Stu Mandel. Let me get my telephone uh, hooked up to the uh, Helio up Stu above Mandel. here. We're going to connect to Stu Mandel right now. Isn't that weird? It's eerie. Stu Mandel. That freaks me out. Anyway, let's uh, let's see if we can get Stu in the line here. The Ace of Spades. I'm calling him right now. Got my tin can all ready to go. Let's see if we can get him on the phone here. Boy. Hey, Stu Mandel. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, and yourself? Hey, not bad. You know, I'm doing uh, much better now that you're on the phone here. Uh, this at any other radio show, Dirty Radio.fm, Dirty Radio Classics. My name is Troy Patrick Farrell, and my next guest is uh, alumni here on this at any other radio show, Mr. Stu Mundell, <laughs> now with uh, Fox LA and uh, Good Day LA. And the last time I talked to you, we were across the street, and now you've uh, moved to Greener Pastures. And I just wanted to catch up with you, uh, and also uh, wanted to give a big shout out to the Stu Mundell fan page at Facebook that uh, allowed me me to uh, promote this uh, appearance uh, you got some questions there uh, let's just get into it what is going on with you what's been happening it's been quite a year huh it's been quite a year man it's, been, you know, it's funny it's like you know I, i'm the alumni and yes i'm the guest and I, I guess i guess i'm like the uh, the paid entertainment right so, so i shouldn't be asking you what's going on with you but yeah it's been it's been busy it has been really really busy uh a lot of things have changed, but but it's all good, you know, in, in life. And, and news goes on. That's that's what it's all about. News goes on, and uh, everything is everything's good. Everything's really really good. And uh, you know, I, I, I can't you know, I can't say you know anything crazy exciting out of the blue. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 been it's been a ride for everybody, huh? We got all the elections. We got the COVID. We got all this newsy stuff going on, but. You know, you know, up in the helicopter, we're just about the breaking news, brother. Just yeah. about the breaking news. Absolutely. So, you know, you moved across the street. You're with Fox 11 now, and I wanted to see if, uh, well, if you can talk about that transition, number one, and because uh, I remember it was at one point kind of top secret. We weren't seeing all yeah. the, all the yeah. feeds on the other station, and and all the the uh, Facebook activity seemed to kind of cease, and we were like, "Where is Stu?" And so, you know, we I saw you on milk cartons. I saw signs up on the telephone poles, and the next thing you know, you showed up at Fox 11. So. I, I was next. To, I was next to that orange, that missing orange chat. You know, and then and, and, and then there's a picture of Stu. Have you seen this guy? Right. Actually, they, they, some of the guys on the Facebook pages actually were doing that. Uh, they, you know, you got the you got the you got the fan page that you were talking about, which is awesome. I love those guys. And then you got the LA Police Chase group. I love I love those guys too. Uh, they they kind of they kind of started it all. And uh, but yeah, somebody did a milk carton thing of me, like where's Stu? But yeah, basically, you know, there, it wasn't any kind of hate. You know, there, there's nothing. There's there's no there's no hate involved. There's nothing facetious going on. It was basically, I was ready for a move. I was ready for a challenge. Uh, Fox opened up some doors for me. Uh, they gave me uh, basically, you know, it's the morning show. It's a different animal, and uh, they and, and the idea is is basically a little bit more personality. It, it's slow coming, but you know, you know, change in television is never. It's never. It, and if it is real hard, you know, like a, like a, you know, it's, it's like, it's like when David Lee Roth left and 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 and, and Hager came in. You know, it was. It, you know, it, 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 you, when you do those hard changes like that, you just kind of everybody's in shock. You know, so it's kind of the same thing. I think they're doing a little bit slowly, but they are. They're starting to let me do a little bit more personality, a little bit more stews coming out. 
Um, and the, but you know, it's, it's a different animal. The mornings, you know, we don't have those chases today. We had a bunch of fires, yeah, yeah, yeah. fires, which, yeah. which, which was kind of crazy, kept us busy. And, uh, and you know, so, but we, we see different stuff in the morning. It's a different, it's a different vibe. It's a totally different vibe. Yeah. You know, so, uh, back in a, I, I played a, a package that I found on you, um, done, uh, you know, at some point uh, in your career, uh, just before you left over across the street there. And, um, you know, they mentioned that you started your day at two o'clock. Now that you're doing the morning show, what time are we getting up and starting our day? Is, and, and you know what? I start, I start my day at two o'clock. I swear to God, I wake up at 2am in the morning. That's kind of the plan. Uh, get up. Uh, I, you know, in, in, in that, it, it, it turns out I'm a morning person. Turns out I'm a morning. Who knew? Huh. I didn't know. And, and, and I'm me. So, you know, who else could have possibly known? But yeah, I just, uh, I wake up and I get up around two in the morning. I try to get a little bit of workout in and then a lot of coffee. I, you know, I, I'm the guy that brews coffee to go get coffee. There you and, go. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, so that, that goes on, but yeah, it's 2 a.m get my get my day going um show up at the airport it, it's different it's different for with fox is because we go fly something's happening nothing's happening we go fly we're up in the air we're going so i i gotta get there so we can be in the air by 5 a.m and and that's when the day you know that's when the day really starts around five that's when we're off the ground and uh, flying around looking for stuff Gotcha. So, uh, you know, different uh, sort of demographic, different, uh, you know, different type of coverage, as you were talking about with the with the morning news. Uh, any any pros or cons to, to this uh, um, this new time frame? Uh, you kind of mentioned that you know the the people that uh, run from the cops aren't aren't up as early. Not, so, they're not, they're, no, it's not. It's it, that that part is a little different. There's different challenges, and I'm all about a challenge. And and that was one of the reasons why I, I really was interested in going over coming over to Fox and and working with them. And, and they are, they're changing up everything. They're moving around, they're moving people. They brought in Michaela, uh, you know, so they're, they're trying to make it a little bit more, you know, a little bit more social, a little bit more, you know, people friendly. And, and they're, they're making that effort. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, people friendly, you want me? And just, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's what's going on. And, uh, I'm, I'm totally happy to be there. I, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I feel blessed to be part of that team. And I really think better things are coming. Good things are happening now. Better things are coming down the road. And, and the show's great. And it's starting, I'm starting to, I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel that vibe, that creative, uh, you know, somebody, somebody's behind the scenes, you know, it's a director, somebody's back there going, okay, we want this, we want this, and we want this kind of interaction. And I'm starting to feel that I'm starting to feel, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see their vision come into life. And, and it's really exciting. Gotcha. So it's not a matter of just being up there and uh, you know waiting or you know seeing something happen and then presenting it. It's it's sort of how you guys are choosing to present it uh, by way of uh, the the personality that's in you. Or like, can you can you kind of fill me in on that a little bit as to? Well, you know, I I, I always I I call it like I see it. That that's that's me. That's been me the whole time. You know, and and that, I love that part about my gig. Because, you know, you have all the politics going on and then you've got this and that and I, I don't like this and I don't. With me, it's like you, you're just you, you're seeing it happen. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to think, oh, is this a conspiracy? You know, is, uh, how many cops are down there? Is it, are, are, are they fudging the numbers? It, it, you, we see it. We report it. We talk about it. And that's it. So there's that part about it. But then there's always a little bit of stewisms that that get in there. But it's not, you know, I'm not skewing anything. I'm just always kind of. 
you know, I just see things the way I see it, and uh, I find it amusing that other people think it's funny how I describe stuff. I, it's just that simple, you know. Well, you know, when we talked last time, though, that you know the actions of the woes and the you know th- those things that, uh, which is why you're probably at Fox and doing the morning show, where you know people are getting up and it's a good spirit and you know lighthearted. Uh, you know, you're still reporting the news, but you know you're. Uh, you know, not we're not going so heavy in it, and right. you know, but those things, those reactions that you have are typically the same reaction I have when I'm watching the TV. So the <laughs> fact that you are, are echoing that, I think people resonate with you because they're, they're, you're reacting the same way we are, and I, I think that there's a that kind of bonds us together, which is why I think you have sort of you know the the cream rises to the crop, you know the the Stu Mundell top fifty at one point uh, Twitter yeah. handles to follow, you know so yeah yeah you know um, let me ask you about uh, Chase's since the last time we spoke, it's been a couple years. Um, have you noticed any any difference in Chase's policies? Yes. Or just tell me about those. Yes. Well, definitely. So you know, uh, LAPD is gone pr- pretty much since we talked. They went. They went to a, uh, they had they, they had pushback, you know, like the, the public was like, oh, you know, you, you're taking all these chances and this and that. And, you know, these are decisions that, I, you know, I don't, I would never be able to make. You know, I'm glad I'm just a guy in the helicopter looking what's going on. But somebody's calling it saying, you know what, we're going to chase this guy or we're not going to chase this guy or we're going to follow this guy, but we're not going to chase him with the lights and sirens. You know, somebody's making those calls. And, uh, and for a while there, they were just literally just letting them go, just saying, you know what, we, you know, what did he, what did, what he stole a candy bar from Seven Eleven? Yeah. Just let that guy go. We don't, we don't, you know what, we don't care. It's not worth it, but we, you know, we got a license plate. We'll figure this out. You know, we'll, we'll get them, we'll get them later. Gotcha. And then, and then, and then it kind of went from that and then the sheriff's department, they weren't doing pit maneuvers, but now they are doing pit maneuvers and, and then they, they weren't chasing it, but now they are. So it kind of, like I said, it, it's been going back and forth, but it, it seems like right now we're kind of just right back where we started. And, and that's kind of, you know, this, that, that's life. It's everything's cyclical, you know, it's like wherever, wherever you start or wherever you, you know, you join this circle, it, it's, you're going to come back there again. And that seems to be their kind of the policies right now with the chases. But, you know, again, law enforcement, it's a tough job. I, you know, those guys and those guys, gals, they're, they're down there. They're, and, you know, you just got to think about it. They, they are, they're, you know, meeting, they're right there in the thick of it, handling this stuff day by day. And, you know, and, and, you know, it, it's tough. I, I couldn't make those calls. And then, and then they got to sometimes take the, take the human out of it. You know, you sure. can't, you know, you can't get angry. You can't be, you can't get emotional. You can't feel compassion. You can't. And it, dude, it's a, that's, that's a tough gig, tough gig. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, you'd, you'd mentioned how the, the policies have changed where they backed off pursuits. And then, you know, we have the same sort of thing here in Nevada where they typically won't pursue unless it's a violent crime. Other than that, if it's... No, uh, come on. Yeah. Come on. I saw a video of a, a Vegas, a, 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 a Las Vegas police officer shooting through his windshield. Okay, at a suspect. But Come that, on. But the, hang on, Stu. I clarified that with saying that unless it's a violent crime. All right. So yeah, he's yeah that cop shot right through his window. Now, as I understand, and if I'm talking out of school for those that uh, that are following up on this, forgive me. But I believe he was disciplined for that action. Which I, I got to tell you, I don't support that at all. And listen, if that guy can drive with his knee and shoot through the window, I applaud him. He gets a he gets a raise in my book. And 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 hope and, and maybe some hearing aids because I can't imagine that being. I mean, that must have been loud as all get out. I mean, oh, come yeah. on, think about that. You're driving along and you're shooting out the window. Yeah, but 
No, I, I, I found, I, I kind of, I'm kind of with you. A friend of mine used to live out there doing news and his quote to me was in Vegas, they're not going to chase you. Uh, they're not going to chase you unless you're completely drunk, shooting out the windows with hookers on the hood, yeah. you know, type of, type of situation. That's the only way they're going to chase you. Only in so, Vegas, only in Vegas. Only in Vegas, true, true. You, you know, I, I thought we talked, and uh, for some reason, the last time I talked, I, I recall thinking that maybe you were working on possibly doing, uh, there was some sort of show or a spinoff show or something. Uh, was that was that true? Were you ever working on a, a potentially having like a side show or, or something a little different? No. No? No, I, I wish. If there's anybody out there that wants to talk to me, you've got my number. <laughs> you can find me. Just, just hook me up. No, I haven't. I, there was nothing at all. I was doing uh, I was doing some podcast stuff uh, with CBS. I, I'm, I would love to do something like that with Fox. I'm not sure if, if they're down with it. But, uh, yeah, I was just doing some podcast stuff on the side, uh, just kind of just, just you know, trying. Again, That's it, it falls under the same thing. I, I like a challenge. I like that, you know, that, that, that possibility of failure. It just, it, 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 for me, it gets the creative juices going. It gets that, you know, that competition with myself going. And it, it, it that's what drives me is just, uh, is, is make it a little bit more difficult for me and I'll do better. Just watch. Let me ask you this, Stu. What, what is the fascination? And now, sometimes the the news has taken a little bit of flack for, you know, well, if they wouldn't show the pursuits, people wouldn't pursue. Now, I don't yeah. know that these guys pursue because they want to be on TV. I really, you know. They don't. They, you they know. don't. I've, I've never, I've never, as long as I've been doing this, I've never seen any of these people say or, or that being the reason. And I, I get that. And I, I've actually said that a couple times, like when we're doing Facebook Live and we're not, you know, the Facebook Live, the Internet stuff. You can, I can be a little bit more me, you sure, know, sure. Uh, you know, you loosen the tie, you, you break out the, you know, you break out the bourbon, you got the, you know, the, the, the I, I like it with the clear ice, you know, type of thing. You put your feet up and, <laughs> yeah. and you, you know, we can just talk. Uh, when, when you, when you're doing the news, it's a little bit more like you're sitting in the principal's office. Sure. So, so, but, but yeah, I, I brought that up. It's like, people will, will say that they're like, you know, when you weren't putting it on television, then they wouldn't be turned ready. That's come on. Do you, re- you really think this guy just, you know, robbed a bank or kidnapped somebody or stole this car or just lives this life of crime just so they can get a couple minutes on television? I mean, it, and even if they do get their couple minutes on television, it's like we're going to get their name. We, who, when was the last time you said, oh, that's, you know, Billy Bob in, in you know, from, from Compton, you know, cha- being chased? You, you, you never know. You don't know who these people are. So that, I re- that's, just, that's just people just talking to, to create drama. What is the fascination with tuning into your TV or getting on a Facebook Live and watching one car drive around all of L.A. being chased by cops? Because I, I tell you, man, once that comes on or I get the alert from the various Twitter feeds, I can't. I, I'm instantly, whatever I'm doing, I'm going. I get on the YouTube. I, I look up uh, uh, the Smoke and Scan guy, whoever's broadcasting. Yeah, it. yeah, I know who that guy is. Yeah, Damon. You know, he was a guest on this show uh, about a month ago. But, uh, you know, we, we talked about the weird fascination. But th- there is a crew of people, and then there's the Stu crew of people that, you know, not only are fans of the Pursuits, but they're fans of you because of the way you deliver it. To, you know, but uh, what's the fascination with us just glued to a TV watching a car, any random car drive? You know, I get the you thrill. Know, in the chase, but look, look. Since since we got a mi- more than a minute here, sure. it, you know this is this is the deal. So you know, I'm I'm of a certain age. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 53, right? And when I when I was a little kid, you know, we watched movies like Macon County Run, um, White Lightning, 
the Smokey and the Bandit. For the, the these are the bigger ones, so people are going to start understanding. They were they they were basically movies about car chases. You know, they basically that was the the whole crux of the movie was you know this guy is running from the cops, and you know in, it, there's there's some sort of intrinsic you know entertainment value that goes with the you know the good guy bad guy type of scenario and and that really is what's going on and if you're rooting for whoever i mean you're, i'm not judging but you're watching this you know primal thing going on down there where there, you've got somebody being chased by somebody else and are they going to get away what are they going to do how are they going to do this and i really believe that 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 is part of the draw and then of course the other part of the draw is it's just like people who watch the races i mean it's sad to say but they you know they're people are going there and yes there are true fans and yes there are people that are all about the cars and the technology and you know there there's a number of people that are out there that are just want to just want to see that see crash yeah you know? yeah yeah and, and and you know so you know good bad ugly however you want to look at it that 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 that's that's it and then you just don't know you know that's that's the other side of it you just don't know and then if you're local then it's it's the oh man that's the Vons I shop at oh man that's that that's that little shop right there that sells the the, the battery boutique or whatever you know and it's you so you've got you've got that that element in there as well so we got a couple questions from uh, the Stu Mundell fan page on Facebook, and you can look that up. Uh, not only do they report uh, – the, the mods there are great uh, for putting up pursuits, number one, but it's obviously dedicated to the Stu feeds and what's happening uh, with, with Stu Mundell and the chases and his participation in them. But uh, Tammy wanted to know how you got started in uh, doing the reporting in the helicopter, You know how you transitioned from being a stringer into being able to get into a helicopter, and she wanted to know if this was uh, you know, something that you had dreamed of or if you just kind of fell into it? I, you know, fell, it, that, that's, it fell into it. Nah, 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 I wish. I wish it would have been that that, that easy. You know, th this is the thing. It was a long, hard road. There's no doubt about that. I mean, was it fun? Heck yeah. It was there every, every, everything, I, everything I've done in my life. Looking back, it, it's enjoyable. Even even when it was happening, even when it was, you know, I was making sixty bucks a night as a stringer working for somebody. That's the truth. That's that's not. I'm not making that up. But it was still, you know, the, the you, you, I just knew in my heart. I just knew that I loved this job, and I saw other people being successful, and I realized that you know I'm going to make this work. So uh, that was the stringer aspect of it. But the how did I get from from stringer to helicopter? It literally was I got you know this is one of those gray areas where I can't start throwing names around. But somebody at a at a network called me up because when you're a stringer, you work with people that the assignment desks basically. And he called me up one day and said, "Hey, there's this opportunity um, to to work in the helicopter, and I think you'd be good at it. You know, you want to give it a shot." So I said yes, and I basically that got me in the helicopter. Did did it just take off from there? No, but I learned. That's where I learned the skills. And then later on, I got another because you know it's a small world. It's a very small world, and so the people that I met, some of them liked me. And uh, when another opportunity came up, they got a hold of me and said, "Hey, you know, <clears throat> this other opportunity is coming around. You could be a cameraman, but you can also learn all this other stuff." Because I really 
was a, a cameraman, you know, but then I became the tech guy. I was, you know, basically assembling the, the cameras, the microwaves, the, the systems on the helicopter, working with the radios. I did all of that for years. And, uh, and I, w I won't be ashamed to say this. NBC was the first people that let me talk on their air. But it was funny because back then, you know, it was, uh, you know, like when they would be like, hey, who's talking in the helicopter? I'd be like, it's me, Stu. And they'd be, you could just hear it in their voice. They'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Stu. So, it's Stu. So I started there. And, and I remember my first on-air thing. And uh, gosh, I think her, oh, God, what was her name? I, Colleen Williams. Colleen Williams. God bless her. She says to me, she's, she says, oh, we got, uh, we got uh, Stu Mandel in the helicopter over this fire in the Hollywood Hills. She's like, Stu? And I said, yes, it's Stu. <laughs> That's my <laughs> first things on television but, uh, from, uh, from the helicopter. But, but yeah, so then, you know, I was really good at, a ca at doing camera. I wasn't so much. I was, you know, nervous. But uh, the gig went away. Like I said, it's a small community. There aren't a lot of opportunities. And then uh, CBS rolled around one day and basically they said, hey, we got this opportunity, but you have to talk and you have to do it well. And, and so there you go. The challenge. Somebody threw down the gauntlet and then uh, it was it was on. It was on and running from there. That's that's how I did it, Tammy. So when we're up there watching uh, the pursuit or, uh, you know, what breaking news, fires, whatever is happening, uh, protests and, and whatnots, uh, what is Stu Mandel actually doing up there? Are you uh, running the camera at this point? Are you just the personality? What's, what's going on up there? Uh, are you flying the bird? A lot of questions about that. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not the pilot. There's no doubt about that. Definitely not the pilot. Uh, and... Uh, I used to run the camera. Right now, I am just a guy. Like I said, I'm, I'm like self-loading baggage. I sit up in the front and I watch. You know, I listen to the scanner. I I work with Vinny. That's our camera most of the time. My camera operator, and we just you know. And so now I'm I'm watching what he's shooting, and and so I'm just talking about what's going on. Uh, you know, and that that's you know it it works for me, and that and that's the way it's set up right now. Right on. You know, another uh, question from the Stu Mandel fan page on Facebook from one of the mods, uh, Moy. He wanted to know, what is the highest altitude uh, helicopters can fly? Where do you guys typically kind of uh, land at when you're doing news coverage uh, as far as altitude? And what's the highest you've ever been in? And also, I'm adding this one in there, uh, ever get afraid of heights or ever get a, you know, a gust of wind or something that kind of was like, whoa. Uh, all right. Well, they, they, we got we got a lot packed into that sure. question. So, um, so basically, okay, you got This is this is one of those ones where I'm going to get technical, but this is going to be super easy for people to understand. So, you, at the beach, you know, you're at zero. That's that you're 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 at zero. That's you know at zero because you're at the beach. That's where the water is. But if you go up into the mountains, now all of a sudden you're 1,500 feet above you know above the sea level, right? Sure. So in an aircraft, there's two, there's two numbers. There's an AGL and an MSL. So and basically the way I remember it is AGL, the number AGL is, is actual, meaning that, you know, that's, and that's, not, that's not what the pilots, how the pilots do it. That's how Stu does it. That means how far are we from the actual ground. So if we're flying over the mountains, and the mountains 2,000 feet, we might be up at, 
you know, two th at, at 4,000 feet, but we're only 2,000 feet above the ground. That's usually where we kind of park at. We're right about 2,000 feet above the ground, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. And usually that's for safety. That way, the uh, law enforcement, they fly lower. They fly much lower. And it, and it, is, it, it is just like anything else. The, lower, the more dangerous it is, the funner it is. So lower is a little bit more dangerous, but we give them their space. So law enforcement usually flies lower than we do, so we're above them. How high can we fly? Well, we just had fires out here at um, on the Big Bear area. And we were at 12,000 feet. And, that was an, and that's when you need oxygen. Oh, and wow. if you don't have the oxygen, you get a little bit loopy. So, um, you know, <laughs> it's just, just to tell Stu stories. I, call, we that were a, up I call that a fun broadcast with Stu Mundell. Yes, <laughs> yes, it was. And, of course, so they gave me the, they gave me the, the job of, of regulating the oxygen for the, for the pilot and Vinny and myself. And there were separate, there were separate valves. So I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, how bad could it be? You know, so I said, well, you know, you start dialing it down and it really, it's so bizarre. It's like, you can't do math. You can't, you, you think you're, you, you, you're like, just like I just did. You want to make a statement. You want to say a sentence, but you can't, you're just sitting there and you're just like throwing out words and they're not making sense. And I swear that's what happens. And that's why it's dangerous. That's the reason why at 10,000 or above, pilots it's it's the you know it's a federal law pilots need to have you have to have actual bottled oxygen in the aircraft so we've the highest we've been is about fourteen thousand feet and the only reason we were up there was to take a look at a you know at a fire that was on top of a mountain gotcha gotcha uh you know question uh, back to the pursuits and uh you know there's there's one trend that i notice that happens occasionally um there's three one of three different things that will happen that that's typically terminates our news coverage of a pursuit. Uh, one is people driving in the LA airspace. I feel like they're they're getting aware that the, you know you can't cover them with the camera because you got to stay away from the LAX airspace. Mm -hmm. uh, the other one is driving downtown, you know, so they can hide in and out of the buildings, find a parking garage. And then the other one is going up the grapevine all the way up to you know Bakersfield or whatever. Well, the grapevine, the grapevine one is the grapevine one is just them, or just or just us. The, the news media will not go there. You know, the cops will still chase them on sure. the ground. The helicopter, it's, it's kind of up to the pilot, you know, how much of a chance he's going to take. Because all the aircrafts, the helicopters that we have, they are not instrument rated. And when, you don't, when it gets pitch black out there and there is no reference points, you, 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 you lose control of the aircraft. You can't wow. hold it. So you have you you really start losing your you know your eyes don't have anything to grab hold of to say okay this is where we got to go this is straight and level this is a right this is a left and that's how accidents happen that's how helicopters fall out of the sky so that's the reason why with the grapevine at night but the ground guys they'll chase them and the pilot you know it you know depends on on the, the law enforcement officer if he has something that he sees or he can feels that it's safe enough for him. They'll continue, but the news helicopters, we work, we work, you know, we're in the corporate world. So, you know, the lawyers are like, yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. So basically we have to pull off the parking garage. God, don't you hate the parking garage thing? It's it's like reaching in the bag of your McDonald's and you realize they forgot the, you know, the Whopper. I, I think I'm no, 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 the fries. You know what I'm You're saying? Getting, yeah, right. The fries. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, you know, but, or, but but see when when he comes out when he drives out the backside of the the you know he goes in or he comes out the other side that's like finding that extra fry in the bottom after you know you, your bag of fries your you know your little <laughs> cup of fries is gone and you're like oh there's some more in the bottom of the bag. But yeah, you know, the, the parking garage, God, I hate that. I hate that because, you know, that doesn't mean they're getting away, but it means we can't see it. And that, that usually, that drives me. That, 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 that's, uh, that's the worst. Totally the worst. <laughs> What's the deal with, uh, with the LAX traffic? And, you know, why can't when, you know, as the car's cruising around, I mean, can't you call them and go, listen, guys, I need to, I'll stay out of the way of the airplanes. I got to get this footage. Um, and, and it seems like other times, and I know the zooms on those cameras Trust are. Trust me, we're not going to kill anybody. Just let us in. We're good. <laughs> But we see the big plane. <laughs> how far uh, away do you have to stay from LAX? Because I mean, at times I feel like uh, you know we we see the car you know zoomed in. How far right. are you guys actually away from those car when you when you zoomed in twenty thousand times or whatever it is? Some sometimes I'm being serious about that. Sometimes we're literally miles away from from the actual car. And LAX, you know, God bless them, they have a tough job. And it's funny you bring that up, especially today. We had a chase uh, Monday. And it was, he was, you know, if for, the, for the people that are local, they'll understand it was on the 105. So it was on a freeway that was right next to LAX. And we knew there were these issues coming up. And basically this guy was getting on the freeway, getting off the freeway, basically going back and forth on, on this freeway near the airspace. And my pilot, and this is the thing too, it's personalities. Uh, my pilot was Angie that morning and she was talking to the to the tower and the tower knew what we wanted, realizing like, oh, you're a media ship. You want to get to that chase. It's over there. I got this traffic. So he actually was working with us and basically told Angie like, OK, hey, look, you know what? It went it turned around. It's going the other way. So you can cross now and you'll you'll get to where where it is. So there's there's controllers like that, but then there's other controllers that are just, you know, they either are oblivious or they don't care or whatever, and they're just like, no, you can't come in here. No, you have to wait. You know, yeah, we've got like five planes lined up, so, you know, 20 minutes you can cross. And and that th these are, that's legit. I'm not just throwing numbers out there. Sure, that's, sure. that's really stuff that they will say to us. And when you hear those numbers, then it's like, okay, plan B. we got to figure out, like, how are we going to get around? How are we going to get over? How we, you know, so... So LAX, but they have, you know, that's, it's an international airport. These are, you know, jets filled with people and, you know, and, and it's not just, it, it is the ultimate is, is they don't want to have an accident, but it also is these aircraft are high tech and a lot of them are so high tech that they literally will detect another aircraft and it's called a TCAS will go off. And then they'll have to abort their landing, and that costs money. Then that will set back schedules, and th you know, so these are the reasons why these controllers sometimes are a little bit more of a hard, hard ass than than others. Sure. So, but Stu, I, I've got to, I've got to see the pursuit, Stu. I, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's, that's what I'm saying too. That's what I'm saying too. I, I make the jokes. I always say it. I go, do, you, do they know who we are? <laughs> do they know who I am? Stu Mundell here, man. I got a job to do. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, we're talking about LAX airspace. And by the way, I'm uh, on with Stu Mundell from Fox LA, uh, Good Day LA. And uh, he is the aerial photojournalist. How, how's that? Is that? Does that work? Yes. All right. That works. And, that uh, works. <laughs> and he's an alumni here on this, that, and the other radio show at DirtyRadio.fm, Channel Dirty Radio Classics. Do you think that the, the people that have been pursued, I mean, we've all seen them, especially in Southern California. They happen 
happen all the time. And and now uh, other places around the country are showing these pursuits. Uh, Fox News will show them. Different uh, outlets will show. They'll even stream one from another area that they don't even cover yes. news in. You know. So do yep. you think that these guys being pursued go, hey, you know, go to LAX because the camera can't get you? I know that they're still running from the cops and the. The cops can get there. You know, here's an interesting question. Uh, when you are denied the LAX airspace, do they deny it to the uh, law enforcement as well up in the sky? Sometimes they do. Uh, it, it really depends because this is the thing. It's it's how busy the airspace is. And, yeah. and, the, and, and it's like that's he's the, key, he's the key keeper, you know, the guy that they're talking to. It's like he's going to let you in or he's not going to let you in. And if, you know, if it's law enforcement, they... They used to get like carte blanche. They used to get carte blanche, but because of all these missed approaches and other other incidents like that, they basically they are they're becoming more and more stringent. Because even though they're law enforcement, that it's this is federal and this is also safety of aircraft. So they will they'll they'll say, look, you can't get in. Sorry, you know we got we got you know we got this Airbus coming in. We got the seven 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 coming in. We, we you know no, you can't. You know you can't get that close to it. So they, it basically, you know, they, they have to follow the same rules. Sometimes they have to follow the same rules we do. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. A lot of good insights here from uh, Stu Mundell. I call him the uh, Pursuit Pavarotti up there in the sky working for Fox. <laughs> he put the Stu in stud. He put, uh, you know, personal. Listen, man, I got, I got all these things for you. Hey, Stu, how do, we, uh, how do we follow you and reach you on social media? And uh, where, do we, where do we find you at it, uh, if we're in Southern California on Fox 11? Southern California at Fox 11. You got you to gotta, you gotta turn on Fox Channel 11. Uh, we do the it's the morning show right now. You got uh, Tony McEwen on there. Tony is, uh, is 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 dude. This guy has been doing news as long as I longer than I have. Yeah, he's and, a legend. Uh, and yeah, he is. And uh, and then you got Aroxia, and she is uh, you know she's an Armenian princess for real. And and he's got a huge I mean like a following. <laughs> she she's got a mob following her around and it, it is really great and there those two are pretty awesome then you have uh you have rita you got the uh samada you've got like all i i i don't want to miss anybody's name because there's somebody's going to listen to it and they're going to be like really really you couldn't say my name <laughs> still really uh but but the reality is is it, it is it's a group it's a crew um we all get along and it is and it is a lot of fun and i think i know that uh, if you guys are watching, you're gonna you're gonna start seeing it's gonna be it's gonna be a little bit more um, a little bit more fun, a little bit more a lot more news, a lot more insight coming in the next couple of months. And it's Fox 11. It's the morning show. You gotta you know you gotta get up in the morning, and you need something just to have on the background to get you going, get you happy. Turn on the turn on the Fox. <laughs> we're going to make that effort to, to get, get you guys happy. Yeah, when I was in SoCal, so. that was my go-to morning show still. So, you know, that's, really? that's a good awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, hey, one last question, and then uh, we'll let you go. And by the way, uh, tell us uh, your social medias, where we can find you at there. Oh, social media, it's super simple. It's Stu Mundell. I'm not Mandel. I'm not related to Howie Mandel. Wish I was. Well, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, but at any rate, it's Mundell, M-U-N-D-E-L. Super simple. Uh, it, it, I think all the, the, the big three that I use, uh, you know, the, the Twitter, the Instagram, and the Facebook, it's all Stu Mandel. You can follow me. You can find me. I'm, I'm always out there. I always like, uh, I always, you know, I always, I love the interaction. I really, really do. And talking about interaction, I don't, I don't want to drag, drag you too long, but how about those song requests? 
Dude, I, great, great I, ones. And, uh, you know, I had an action-packed show, but I've put them in the uh, in the <laughs> kitty, so to speak, for future episodes. No, all great stuff. You got a little bit of a rock yeah. and roll fan base. All good you stuff. You know, but, but wasn't, you know, what was really cool about that was, you know, it, it, we didn't get, we didn't get the bazillion likes, right? I mean, it, and I was kind of bummed about that, but we got like a bazillion comments. Everybody has some music info. And and they were not shy, and they're just just putting it out there. I thought that was I thought that was amazing. I was just like, wow, all right, you know, this is super cool. So. Listen, if you can if you can judge a man by uh, you know the people that interact with his social media and their song taste, Stu is one of, <laughs> Stu is one in a million, man. <laughs> you are you are more than that. Trust me, man. You're you're one in ten million. How about that? Hey, right on, man. Right, I'll take that. I'll take that any day from you, Stu Mundell. Thanks so much, man, for coming back on the show and just kind of uh, talking about your your change from uh, where yep. you were and where you're at now here at Fox <clears throat> Eleven uh, on the Good Day LA and yes. uh, and for letting me uh talk to you on my little radio show here this set and the yeah. other on dirty radio Troy, one of these days one of these days you and i we got to get together have some gin and tonics and hang out that is gonna happen and, definitely definitely next time in la i'll let you know if we can get together and uh, and if not vegas uh, you know we'll, <clears throat> we'll we'll figure it out one day yes we will <laughs> all, all right, right man. man hey you take care Stu Mandel. thanks man you too Talk to you, man. Thanks. Bye. Right on. Stu Mundell on this, that, and the other radio show, DirtyRadio.fm, Dirty Radio Classics. And, uh, well, hey, dude is just awesome, and uh, I appreciate him coming on the show. And for those over at the uh, uh, Facebook there, Stu Mundell fan page, and all those other uh, awesome pages where Stu shared the fact that he'd be on the show, thank you for letting me share that, for providing some questions, and some great, great song uh, request for our hour here with Stu Mundell. This set and the other radio show, Troy Patrick Farrell, we're wrapping up in about 15 minutes, and then it's more Dirty Radio Classics at DirtyRadio.fm channel, Dirty Radio Classics, Troy Patrick Farrell here at This, That, and the Other. He's pounding down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal, son, never mind them brakes. Let it all hang out cause we gotta run to make. The boys are thirsty in Atlanta and there's beer in Texarkana. And we'll bring it back no matter what it takes He's and down, loaded up and trucking Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go And a short time to get there I'm eastbound just watch old bandit run can't be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. 
Tommy's found a watch on bandit run. Old Smoke has got them ears on. He's hot on your trail. And he ain't gonna rest till you're in jail. So you got to dodge him, you got to duck him. You gotta keep that diesel trucking. Just put that hammer down and give it hell. He's bound to die, load it up and truck it. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch old bandit run. A little smoky in the bandit there as we uh, get ready to wrap up this at any other radio show. we got about 10 minutes left. I'm going to try and get in any final requests. I saw on Stu Mundell's, everybody was throwing out Van Halen's ACDC's. Well, ACDC has a brand new album. Uh, it's charting everywhere, especially in Australia, but charting here in America. And uh, this is a brand new video called Demon Fire from Brand ACDC in 2020. Still kicking ass this at any other radio show. And uh, we'll see how many more requests we can get in before the uh, top of the next hour. Thank you again to uh, Stu Mundell and James Kotak, our guest for today's show, for coming on and being honest and candid and filling us in what's, uh, with what's been happening in their lives. So appreciate it. And for all the new listeners out there, the Stu crew, thanks for tuning in and uh, giving me a chance to share the fact that uh, we had the almighty Stu Mundell on uh, this, that, and the other radio show. Enjoy a little bit of rock and roll before uh, dinner time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you very soon. He loves to drive him crazy with his lips. Great guns are blazing.
that melt if that did not melt your face it obviously melted my mouth here it's not working uh anyway this is that and the other radio show hey by request little cat scratch fever for uh, ed bowman tuning in turning up to this that and the other radio show weekend and week out there's a little ted nugent and then uh, we'll see if we can squeeze in uh, one last request of some scorpions for amy in wisconsin and then uh we out people i'm teaching white folk how to dance finally i mean i should get some kind of humanitarian award just for that
All right, we are actually over time. I'm probably going to get a letter in the mail from the program director. Hey, by the way, I just wanted to uh, send uh, my condolences to our program director. We'll just leave it at uh, DarylDirtyRadio.fm. Uh, lost uh, his sister this past week, and we just wanted to send out a little shout-out of love from this, that, and the other radio show. We appreciate the opportunity to come on here week in and week out uh, every Wednesday with a Saturday replay to uh, just do whatever nonsense I get to do. But I wanted to just send him some love from the show, and uh, we wish uh, his family well and that, uh, well, you know, that uh, better times are ahead for all of us. So anyway, that was uh, the Scorpions, and, you know, what a, an appropriate way to, to wrap up the show here as we had uh, our guest James Kotak on former drummer of Scorpions. But anyway, listen, happy trails. I got to get out of here. This, that, and the other radio show, dirtyradio.fm, Dirty Radio Classics. The show replays in its entirety Saturday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, we'll be back again next Wednesday with a brand new live show. I think my guest is going to be Alex Kane from Life, Sex, and Death. Tune in, turn up, and uh, hey, be good to yourselves and to each other. How many? the clouds when we're together just sing a song and think about sunny just heard an encore presentation of this that and the other radio show heard live wednesdays from 2 to 5 p.m pacific standard time stay tuned for the bob show rock show coming up right now here 8 p.m pacific standard time every saturday following this encore presentation if i'm here and you're here doesn't that make it our time time of the season. No time for the love you sent. Time is on my side. Dirty Radio Classics. Hey, what's happening, Dirty Radio Classics? This is Troy Patrick Farrell, the host of This, That, and the Other radio show, which is live on Wednesdays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And make sure you check out the Saturday replay, always at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, right before the Bob Show's Rock Show. DirtyRadio.fm, Dirty Radio Classics. Join me, the Bob Show, Saturday nights at 8 p.m. for Bob Show's Rock Show. Three hours of hard and heavy classic rock. Every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Pacific on Dirty Radio Classics, the app that rocks. Hey!